Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shawls. And today we have the second and final part of the story of Cinderella, or the Little Glass Slipper. Where we left off, the sisters had gone to the ball, and Cinderella and her godmother were traipsing around the garden and the house, finding all kinds of small animals, and turning them into a full equipage. And where we left off, exactly, was Cinderella was asking her godmother if she really had to go thither in the nasty rags that she wore every day. And that is where we will pick up with part two of Cinderella or the Little Glass Slipper. Her godmother only just touched her with her wand, and at that same instant her clothes were turned into cloth of gold and silver, all beset with jewels. This done, she gave her a pair of glass slippers, the prettiest in the whole world. Being thus decked out, she got up into her coach, but her godmother, above all things, commanded her not to stay out till after midnight, telling her at the same time that if she stayed one moment longer, the coach would be a pumpkin again, her horses, mice, her coachmen, a rat, her footmen, lizards, and her clothes become just as they were before. She promised her godmother that she would not fail of leaving the ball before midnight, and then away she drives, scarce able to contain herself for joy. The king's son, who was told that a great princess whom nobody knew was come, ran out to receive her. He gave her his hand as she alighted out of the coach, and led her into the ball among all the company. There was immediately a profound silence. They left off dancing, and the violin ceased to play, so attentive was everyone to contemplate the singular beauties of the unknown newcomer. Nothing was then heard but a confused noise of, Ha! How handsome she is! Ha! And how handsome she is! The king himself, old as he was, could not help watching her, and telling the queen softly that it was a long time since he had seen so beautiful and lovely a creature. All the ladies were busied in considering her clothes and headdress that they might have some made next day after the same pattern, provided they could meet with such fine material as able hands to make them. The king's son conducted her to the most honorable seat, and, afterward, he took her out to dance with him. She danced so gracefully that they all more and more admired her. A fine coalition was served up, whereof the young prince ate not a morsel, so intent was he busied in gazing on her. She went and sat down by her sisters, showing them a thousand civilities, giving them part of the oranges and citrons which the prince had presented her with, which very much surprised them, for they did not know her. While Cinderella was thus amusing her sisters, she heard the clock strike eleven and three quarters, whereupon she immediately made a curtsy to the company and hastened away as fast as she could. When she got home, she ran to seek out her godmother, and after having thanked her, she said she could not but heartily wish she might go next day to the ball because the king's son had desired her. As she was eagerly telling her godmother whatever had passed at the ball, her two sisters knocked at the door, which Cinderella ran and opened. How long you have stayed, cried she, gaping, rubbing her eyes and stretching herself as if she had just been waked out of her sleep. 
She had not, however, any manner of inclination to sleep since they went from home. If thou hadst been at the ball, said one of her sisters, thou wouldst not have been tired with it. There came thither the finest princess, the most beautiful ever was seen with mortal eyes. She showed us a thousand civilities and gave us oranges and citrons. Cinderella seemed very indifferent in the matter. Indeed, she asked them the name of that princess, but they told her they did not know it, and that the king's son was very uneasy on her account and would give all the world to know who she was. At this, Cinderella, smiling, replied, She must then be very beautiful indeed. How happy you have been! Could I not see her? Ah, dear Miss Charlotte, do lend me your yellow suit of clothes which you wear every day. Aye, to be sure, cried Miss Charlotte. Lend my clothes to such a dirty cinder wench as thou art, I should be a fool. Cinderella indeed expected well such an answer, and was very glad of the refusal, for she would have been sadly put to it if her sister had lent her what she had asked for jestingly. The next day the two sisters were at the ball, and so was Cinderella, but dressed more magnificently than before. The king's son was always by her, and never ceased his compliments and kind speeches to her, to whom all this was so far from being tiresome that she quite forgot what her godmother had recommended to her, so that she, at last, counted up the clock striking twelve when she took it to be no more than eleven. She then rose up and fled as nimble as a deer. The prince followed, but could not overtake her. She left behind one of her glass slippers, which the prince took up most carefully. She got home, but quite out of breath, and in her nasty old clothes, having nothing left her of all her finery, but one of the little slippers, fellow to that she dropped. The guards at the palace gate were asked if they had not seen a princess go out, who said, they had seen nobody go out but a young girl, very meanly dressed, and who had more the air of a poor country wench than a gentlewoman. When the two sisters returned from the ball, Cinderella asked them if they had been well diverted, and if the fine lady had been there. They told her, yes, but that she hurried away immediately when it struck twelve, and with so much haste that she dropped one of her little glass slippers, the prettiest in the world, which the king's son had taken up that he had done nothing but look at her all the time at the ball, and that most certainly he was very much in love with the beautiful person who owned the glass slipper. What they said was very true, for a few days after the king's son caused it to be proclaimed by sound of trumpet that he would marry her whose foot the slipper would just fit. They whom he employed began to try it upon the princesses and then the duchesses and all the court but in vain. It was brought to the two sisters, who did all they possibly could to thrust their foot into the slipper, but they could not effect it. Cinderella, who saw all this and knew her slipper, said to them, laughing, Let me see if it will not fit me. Her sisters burst out a-laughing and began to banter her. The gentleman who was sent to try the slipper looked earnestly at Cinderella and, finding her very handsome, said it was but just that she should try, and that he had orders to let everyone make a trial. He obliged Cinderella to sit down, and, putting the slipper onto her foot, he found it went on very easily, and fitted her as if it had been made of wax. The astonishment her two sisters were in was excessively great, but still abundantly greater, when Cinderella pulled out of her pocket the other slipper and put it on her foot. 
Thereupon in came her godmother, who, having touched with her wand Cinderella's clothes, made them richer and more magnificent than any of those she had before. And now her sisters found her to be that fine, beautiful lady whom they had seen at the ball. They threw themselves at her feet to beg pardon for all the ill-treatment they had made her undergo. Cinderella took them up, and as she embraced them, cried that she forgave them with all her heart, and desired them always to love her. She was conducted to the young prince, dressed as she was. He thought her more charming than ever, and, a few days after, married her. Cinderella, who was no less good than beautiful, gave her two sisters lodgings in the palace, and that very same day matched them with two great lords of the court. And that is the end of Charles Perrault's version of Cinderella, or The Little Glass Slipper. And it's a version of this story that I really enjoy. It's not as dark as the traditional tale, which has the hacking off of parts of feet to get the slipper to fit, but it also ends sweeter even than the Disney version, with Cinderella not only forgiving her sisters for being so terrible, but then fixing them up with two great lords. It really is the happiest possible ending. This is Dan Schultz from the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com where you'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always... Thank you so much for listening.